thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Morning, everyone. Good morning. How many of you love Jesus today with all your heart? Come on, if you love him. I love him. I know more of you love him. Come on, who loves Jesus today? Man, Good to see you. Uh, thanks for thanks for having my wife so I can come. I really appreciate that. Um, usually when Donna travels someplace, uh, she'll take one of the either a daughter, one of our daughters or one of the, the ladies on staff. But when I knew she was coming here, I was like, I'm sorry. Sorry, babe. But I am going to be your your travel buddy and you can't stop me. Uh, because we love you so much, and we love your pastors so very much. Um, they've ministered uh, to us in our church and to our pastors' conference that we have. I truly believe that you have some of the best pastors and leaders, because you know God's raising up uh, leaders all over this house. But I think you should just say thank you to your pastors. Can you do that? Just clap for them and tell them how much you love them. Um, I, I just was thinking of this, this verse. I was thinking of this verse today. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse 18, and you're probably familiar with it where it says, without a vision, the people perish. But I, I love it in the message translation where it says that when God's people attend to what he reveals, they are richly blessed. And whenever I walk in here, whenever I'm here, I just sense the revelation and the progress of God. I see God moving. I see God taking you somewhere. I feel his presence in the house. Can I just tell you, God's presence is everything, amen? When I walk in here, I was in the parking lot. Donna and I were almost in tears, and I just, I just want you to know we believe in you so much. We love you so much. We know that God has a great future for this house. This is only the beginning. There is so much more ahead, and as you attend to what God reveals to you along the way, you watch the blessings. The blessings are gonna flow. God's going to anoint you. He loves you, and we love you, and so I'm not preaching today, and so I have to leave now. Um, but uh, can you just, uh, can you welcome my wife and uh, say hi to Donna? She comes to bring the word today. Nice to see you. I love you, baby. <laughs> Thank you. It is super good to be here. We do love your pastors so very much. Um, it's a blessing, uh, to be quite frank, when you have pastor friends that the husbands like each other, the wives like each other too, you know what I'm saying? So dear friends that have just the same heart, and I love getting to be here in person to see what God is doing here in Kansas City. Um, I love you all. I don't like the Chiefs, and I'm going to tell you that right now, and I hope that doesn't mean you don't listen to me today, because I'm a Broncos fan, boo, I know, for you guys. But anyways, we love you still. I mean, that says something, right? No, I'm just kidding. But I am really honored to be here, and I hope I didn't start off on a wrong foot by saying that. But I love you, and there's something commonality that we have, and it's just a heart to see God move in this generation, a heart to see a spirit of prayer in the church, a heart to see revival and the church alive. And I love coming here and truly seeing that in you, even first service, seeing radiant faces that reflect what God is doing inside of a person. 
Well, I was preparing this week. God gave me a word for you. And I, I could almost sense that God is hovering and you're getting right up to this line where God wants to do a miracle in this house. And I think this is a miracle that's not even just going to bless this church and this city, but guess what? It's going to bless your household because you know, God works the natural and the spiritual and all works together. And when you're part of what God is doing, it blesses you and it blesses the corporate. And I sense that God has you right up and it's this holy moment. And maybe some of you are needing a breakthrough in a personal area of your life, in your family, in your ministry, your business, uh, a relationship, whatever it is. And today, God has you right here, right before in that holy moment of waiting before the miracle. And I want to say to you, there is a miracle in this house. There is something that is literally, you can feel it, like about ready to burst. I feel this sense that God's doing something, and it's going to hit you and your household as well. So I'm going to speak to you today about God's good promises and how we can have a Caleb spirit and possess all that God has for you. Can y'all just say all today? Because that literally means all. Now, when you think about the promised land, we're going to talk about the people of Israel today. They got to go in and possess. They got given a promise and the promise was literally land. It was a promised land. It was supposed to be inheritance for them, a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Well, what the promised land really represented is the maximum extent that God has designed for you. So the people of Israel were coming up to a promise, the whole land of that God has for them. Well, when we think about a promise and God's promise in our life, I don't know about you, but I want the maximum extent of what God has for me. I don't want there to be a limitation. I don't want to limit myself with my faith, with my approach, with my heart and my spirit. And what we see in the story we're going to talk about today is that there is a choice before us today. When we get up to that line and we can see the promise or we know what God has spoken to us, that we can have a spirit that either derails us from inheriting all that God designed, or we can be like Caleb. I'm going to read a scripture and he says, I want the maximum extent. I'm going to believe and have a different spirit. So turn your Bibles to Numbers 14. We're going to start with this scripture. And picture the people of Israel. They're literally, they've been promised this land, flown with milk and honey. They've been hearing about it and hearing about it and hear, hearing about it. They get right up to the land and they are about ready to go in. And we're going to hear about this. They don't actually go in because they're afraid of what's in front of them. They don't see it yet. They see the land, but they don't know how God can do it. And so they, in fear, say, we're going to turn back and go the other direction. And Caleb stands up and he says, I want to do it. He believes in God's promises. So God said to them, to the people of Israel, I'm going to forgive you for not having the faith to go in and honoring uh, my words. But as I live and as the glory of God fills the whole earth, not a single person of those who saw my glory. Because this is the same people, remember, that saw the Red Sea. You know, have you guys seen the old, you know, cartoon movies, Ten Commandments? I mean, the sea parted. This is the glory that they saw. They saw the miracle signs that I did in Egypt and the wilderness and who have tested me over and over again, turning a deaf ear to me. Not one of them will set eyes on the land I so solemnly promised to their ancestors because no one has treated me with such repeated contempt. 
but my servant Caleb. This is a different story. He is a different spirit. He follows me passionately. I will bring him into the land that he scouted, and I love this, and his children will inherit it. So today I want to just dive in right now to how do we position ourselves in a place heart-wise, spirit-wise, like Caleb, that we will actually go into the land and possess it. Because there was two groups of people, right? There was people that heard about the promised land. So all of you have heard that God's promises are good. God has a plan for your life. You have heard about the promises of God today. He is good. He is for you. But then there's another group of people that hear it, but also possess it. And they actually go in and take that land. That's what God wants to do today. You know, I heard a quote by uh, Bishop Sandy Miller, and it says this, no blessing goes uncontested. Now, we planted a church, probably why we're feeling such kindred spirits with your pastors in this church is we kind of have a similar journey. We came from youth ministry, which I loved for a lot of years, and then we left the security of our job and our church and everything and decided to just go into a new place and do what God had put in our hearts. We did not know one single person in Denver, Colorado, and I look back and I'm like, what were we thinking? I didn't know a pastor. I didn't know a person. We just drove our minivan over and we started church in our living room. I think back and I'm like, oh my word, I'm glad I did, but wow, I'm surprised I did it. Uh, But you know, what happened was we had this word, we had a word from God and right away, how, how many times has this happened? You get a word from God, it is contested. There is a blessing that God has for you, but it is contested. Even in this last season, we got given a property and it is a miracle, a miracle that I'm praying for this house. I have faith for it, but there's a contesting that happens when there is a miracle on its way. There is something that happens that is contested. And I know for the church plant journey, there was some contesting that happened in the practical. So many things were going crazy. We got our stuff stolen, uh, our whole trailer with all of the equipment we spent all this time gathering and now it's gone and then the insurance is fighting us and it was like one thing after the other. And I had to choose, what was my spirit going to respond to these kind of things? Was it going to respond with a Caleb, I can, or is it going to respond with a lack of faith and turn around because there's too many giants land? So turn with me in your Bible to Numbers 13. We're going to just jump into the story. And this is when God's, the story is getting set up where um, they are at the promised land. And God says to Moses, pick 12 scouts, okay? 12 scouts are going to go in and see, does this land really flow with milk and honey? Is it good? And we might have seen the cartoon uh, where they come back with all the huge grapes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it is flowing with milk and honey. The fruit is huge. Um, They're all happy about that part. But what the 12 scouts come back is they say, but, you know, there's also this thing called giants, (laughs) We saw some giants, and it says, look at the fruit. Yeah, but there's giants. There's a giant named Anak. There's Amalekites. They're spread out, and all they could remember was the giants. Do you have a giant in front of you right now? There's so many good things, and there's a giant that has taken your focus, but Caleb says he called for silence. I picture a passionate man that walks in and says, silence. 
And he says to Moses, let's go up and take the land. Now we can do it. But the other said in verse 31, we can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. So guess what happened? They spread scary rumors, a bad report among the people. Has there been any scary rumors circulating in this last season? Has anybody heard a scary report or something that kind of is like, oh, that makes me a little nervous. I mean, 2020 was filled with scary reports and bad news. And, but we have to remember who God is in those seasons, you know, they said, we even saw an affiliate of giants, again, looking at the giants. And alongside them, um, we felt like grasshoppers. And they looked down on us like we were grasshoppers. Then we get to Numbers 14. And guess what happened? The whole community, those 10 spies that came back with a ne negative report about the giants, they scared the people. And guess what? Now this whole community, the whole church, can I say, was standing on the brink of the promised land, inheriting the promise. And now instead, they were weeping. There was an outcry among the people, and they grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the entire community was in on it. And they say, why didn't we die in Egypt or in the wilderness? Why has God brought us to this country to kill us? Why don't we just head back to Egypt? We're going to unpack that a little bit as we go. But Joshua and Caleb ripped their clothes and addressed the people. The land we walked through and scouted out is a very good land, very good indeed. If God is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land and he'll give it to us. Don't rebel. Don't be afraid of those people. Why, we'll have them for lunch. Talk about a different perspective, right? So scared and then, ah, not a big deal. You know, we'll have them for lunch. But the entire community was talking of hurling stones at them. Just then, the bright glory of God appeared. And God said to Moses, how long will these people treat me like dirt? How long will they refuse to trust me? At this point, God says, I'm going to destroy the people. And Moses now humbly stands and pleads and intervenes on their behalf. And that's what gets us to verse 21, where God says, okay. I won't destroy them, but not one single of them will go into the promised land. Their children are going to inherit it. In verse 25, for right now, change course. This is what God says. Change course and head back into the wilderness, following the route to the Red Sea. The Red Sea that had parted. The miracle that God had done. It's like they had to go back to the beginning and learn it again. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever like been like, yeah, I didn't pass that test. Okay, I find myself back. <laughs> you know, at some point I have to say to God, I'm going to say yes the first time. I'm going to say I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe, yes, there's giants. But guess what? I don't want to go back and learn that miracle. Oh yeah, God can part the Red Sea. And now they had to do 40 years in the wilderness. And here, here's what it says in verse 34. You scouted out the land for 40 days. Your punishment will be a year for each day. A 40-year sentence. Can you imagine if we got a year sentence from every time we complained? Every day that we complained? A 40-year sentence. Just food for thought. Uh, verse 36. So it happened that the men that Moses sent to scout out the land returned to circulate false rumors about the land, causing the entire community to grumble against Moses. All of these men died. Having spread false rumors of the land, they died in a plague confronted by God, 
Only Joshua and Caleb were left alive of the men who went to scout out the land. See, the thing that hits me is, do you realize that they lost the battle before they even fought the battle? How often are the battles in our lives internal, in our minds? We actually sabotage ourselves out of the promises of God before we even try. Before God gives you a promise, God gives you a directive. I want you to do that. I want you to step out in faith. And before we even step out in faith and do that thing that God is calling us to do or speaking into our heart, we talk ourselves out of it. We turn back around and I promise you, you're going to end up back where you started. God is calling us as people, as believers, to take a different stance, to be like Caleb, to have a Caleb spirit, that when giants come up, we don't even think about the giants. We're thinking about the good promises of God. What has God spoke to me? What is that word that God spoke straight into my spirit 10 years ago? I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to contend, and I'm going to say, God is able those giants within are not going to stop us when we have a Caleb spirit. All right, so number one, we're going to talk about what were Caleb's responses that set him up to really possess the land. Caleb's response to the challenge was, we can do it. The people's response was like, I, I literally can't. They're like, nope, I can't do it. We're just going to, no. Caleb's like, we can. Why? Because Caleb was focused on something different. See, the people were focused, like all you hear about is the giants, right? They were like obsessed. They were so focused on that. Their perspective was down here, but Caleb was thinking from a different point of view. Perspective is so powerful, right? He was thinking from God's point of view. See, God actually created those giants. So who, who's more powerful, the giant or the God who created that giant. See, we have to think of things from God's point of view. That's what Caleb did. He always thought about it. And you think about this, and I've heard it said, you know, David, when he came up to the giant Goliath, right? The people were like, he is so big. We're never going to be able to take him down. And literally the Israelites were camped around, freaked out because of the giant that was in front of them. And David walks in with his little slingshot and he's like, wow, that dude is so big. I might be a really bad shot, but I can't miss. He is so big that I can't miss. Maybe you have a giant in front of you. But I want you to know that perspective is everything. God can do it. What point of view are you looking at it from? That will change everything. Number two, Caleb listened to the right voice. So many voices, right? You know, it says that they spread fear by scary rumors. Which report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? There was 12 scouts, okay? Two of them came back and said, we can take the land. Ten of them came back and said, there's no way. That's, that's not possible. In the natural, it's not possible. Which report? So now you're sitting there. Imagine 10 men up here. Which report are you going to believe? Can you be shaken when you hear that doctor's report? Can, or you can be shaken when you get laid off from your job. Are you going to be shaken? Or are you going to say, I believe the report of the Lord that he says, this is his promises for me in my life. I declare that God is my provider. My job is not provider. Uh, the doctor's report is not what I go to. I know that God is my healer today. Whose report are you going to believe 
I think there's about the similar ratio, don't you, today? 10 negatives to two positives. All you gotta do is turn on the news or Facebook or anything, and you could be like, scroll, 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 10 times. Oh, some good news. You know, I follow something now called the good news movement because I'm like, we need some good reports, right? I wanna challenge you something. Surround yourself with people that have a good report. Surround yourself. And I'll be honest, there's some people I've kind of distanced myself from in this last season because I was like, I don't want to be around that. I want to be surrounded by people like your pastors that are like, God is able. God can do it. The church, the church is going to grow. The church is going to flourish. We're going to reach people. We're going to reach this city. Revival is going to happen. I want to surround myself with people that have faith that God can do what he said he's going to do. You know, um, I've heard it said that you are the average Jim Rohn said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So what does that look like for you? If you were the average of the five people you spend the most time with, are you going to be a grumbler or a complainer? Are you going to be someone that has faith? I want to ask you this too. Is fear defining your borders? Is fear the thing that holds you back? Remember, those people did not even fight a battle. They didn't even come face to face with a giant. Do you know that? They never fought a giant. Fear is what took them down, not the giants. It was the fear that defined their boundaries. It's incredible to think about what they could have done. So if I'm a strategist and I'm like Moses, I could have said, hey, go into the enemy's camp and I want you to plant fear. Because guess what? This is the same people that God had sent 10 plagues to um, the Egyptians that didn't impact them like right next to them. Like all of the hail didn't hit the Israelite camp, like so many miracles. And then they're led by a pillar of uh, fire by night and cloud by day. I mean, these are like crazy things. You know, you don't walk outside and see a pillar of fire. You're like, okay, we're going to go to Red Robin for lunch. Like that's how they were literally led. They were miracles everywhere, not to mention the Red Sea open. Opens up. They walk through on dry ground with all of their children and all of their stuff. And the Egyptians are still chasing them and they turn around. And guess what happens? The Red Sea closes back up and swallows them. What if they would have gone in there, those 12 spies, and said, Oh my word, did you see that the people of Israel, they're getting close. Isn't that the, the people that their God like swallowed up the whole Egyptian army? I mean, oh my word. Oh, and they could have spread fear in the enemy's camp, but instead they let fear define their boundaries and they let that giant, and they stood back here knowing that their God had done all of these things. This is how fear defines us. Now you might've noticed my little puffer fish and be like, what does she have this? Okay, I, I didn't tell the first service, but you guys get to know really her name is Lucy right? But guess what she stands for? <laughs> she sits on my desk at, at, all the time. She stands for Lucifer, okay? Just, just hear me out. See, because the thing about the puffer fish is something that I've had to learn in my life. Because what happens is this little puffer fish, when it is scared, when it feels danger coming, it can puff itself up to two and a half times its body size, and it can like look all scary, like I am so big, I can take you down. But now I want you to notice its little itty bitty little mouth, right? Do you see this little mouth? See, the thing about the puffer fish is its mouth is so small, it literally can't take even a bite out of anything. It has to eat very small things because it literally, it could come up to you and try to eat you. It can't even 
even opened its mouth wide enough to take a chunk out of you. All it can do is bump up to you and poke you, and it can try. It can be like, but it's not getting anything, right? This is the devil. That's why this is Lucy, stands for Lucifer. He puffs himself up. He can make him look two and a half times and exaggerate your problems and exaggerate your situation and say, it's impossible. Look at how big and bad I am. And then you have to remember the little itty bitty mouth. See, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater is the God that we serve than any circumstance that you find yourself in right now, any impossibilities. He is the creator of the universe. He owns all of the cattle on a thousand hills. There is nothing too hard for my God. And so when giants puff up, guess what I want you to know now? You know what the secret is? The only time the puffer fish swells up is when it's scared, when it is afraid. So now you have a secret. When giants start coming up your way and you're like, whew, there's a lot of giants this month. There's a lot of giants in this season. You can be like, ooh, I got a secret. You're scared of me. The devil's scared of me. He's scared of my prayer life right now. He's scared of how I'm raising my children right now. Ooh, he's scared that in Kansas City, there's something stirring. I gotta take down the leader. I gotta take down the families. I gotta take down the marriages because he is scared of what, oh, I got chills. He is scared of what God wants to do in this city. God wants to do through this church, through what God's speaking to you right now. And I want you to know this. When there's giants, that's not a bad thing. That means he is scared of where you are headed. But you just remember little Lucy and her little mouth. She cannot get you. The devil cannot get you. You know the promises of God. Can you hear me this morning? Number three, Caleb's belief in God's promises was greater than the giants that he faced. Greater. It says they have no protection because God is on our side. See, his belief trumped everything. It didn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered if there was a giant that was 25 foot tall because he knew that God was on his side. Today, know this. God is on your side. What do you believe? See, this is what the Israelites said. They exaggerated. All that the people we saw in it were huge men. I doubt that all of the people in that, that land were huge. There probably was some children. Just throwing that out. There was probably some women that weren't 12 feet tall, right? But you exaggerate. The enemy wants to exaggerate your situation right now. And what Caleb did is he believed in the God's promises more than anything. So if I took your beautiful pastor's wife, and we're becoming really good friends. And I was like, hey, Renata, come up with me to the top of this building. Um, we're just going to try something. And I took her up on the building, and I said, Renata, you're going to be totally fine. Just jump off. Like, it's going to be totally fine. Like, don't worry about it. You're not going to break a leg or break your neck or anything. Just, just, just walk off and jump. Why would she not do that? I, I highly doubt that I could talk her into just jumping off a high ceiling, right? Because her belief in gravity is greater than the things I'm saying, right? Her belief in gravity is going to keep her in a safe place. Is your belief so strong in God's promises, God's good promises for your life, when someone is trying to distract you or discourage you or have you do something? No, 
my belief is stronger than whatever you can send my way. Whatever bad news you can send my way, whatever thing you're trying to get me to do, my belief in what God spoke over my life and my kids and my family and for you, if there's a prodigal child, you say, I am going to stand on the promises of God. My belief is that there is seeds in that child and they are going to come home in Jesus' name. There is something belief that you believe that is stronger than whatever the enemy can come. See, what you believe will be obvious by what you do, what you say. So often what we say is the fruit of our belief. So we got to change our confession today. Number four, Caleb focused on the God opportunities rather than the deficiencies. See, they just talked about how small they felt. They used even a picture of a little teeny grasshopper because they were focused on what they didn't have. They were focused on how they felt. It's like a picture to me of insecurity. Insecurity takes out more Christians than anything else. Insecurity makes you lead your family different. It makes you at work different. There's got to be something inside that stands strong, that believes who God says we are. You know, the people of Israel in this moment, they were in a crisis. But you know that word crisis in the Greek means two different things. It can mean danger, but it also can mean opportunity. See, they're at this moment. There's a crisis. They see giants. You might be at a crisis in your marriage or a situation in your life. There's a crisis. You can look at it two different ways. Danger or opportunity. And I want you to think about that this week. If you allowed insecurities to limit you from where God has taken you, that means that you have chosen insecurity over faith. Maybe there's something where your sight and you're seeing some facts in front of you. There's facts that are causing you to veer away from faith. My challenge to you is this. Stay in faith. Stand in faith. Do not be shaken. Abraham Lincoln said this. We can complain that the rose bushes have thorns or we can rejoice that the thorn bushes have roses. What are you focused on today? Are you, are you focused on your thorn or the goodness of God, the rose that is there, the beauty that is around you? Hudson Taylor is an incredible missionary that was in China and they were going through a, a difficult time in their ministry and he was writing to his wife who was back home and I'm sure she was wondering how he was doing and what his letter had such profound sentence in it. He says, we have 25 cents, which is not very much, 25 cents, but all of the promises of God. See, we have a Bible that is filled with promises. And I don't know what limitations you have, whether you feel like I just got 25 cents in the health jar or 25 cents in the bank account or 25 cents in confidence, whatever it is. But guess what you have? All of the promises of God all of the promises of God and stand on that. This is a God opportunity. And guess what? Hudson Taylor saw miracle after miracle after miracle of God's provision. But he was willing to sit there in the 25 cent season and say, I still got the promises of God. Are we going to be complainers or are we going to see who God is? And last point here this morning, Caleb's faith impacted the inheritance of the next generation. Wow. You know, the, the people of Israel, they glamorized their slavery and they rejected what God had for them. 
they use this word, why didn't we die in Egypt? Why has God brought us to this country to kill us? Why don't we head back to Egypt? These are the questions. Do you ever get stuck in the why questions? Why is this happening to me? I asked a few last year. Why is 2020? Why the pandemic? Why this situation? Why, why, why? And yet Caleb chose a different approach. See, they forgot. They forgot where they came from. And that means they forgot where they were going. They forgot what God had done already. And they forgot where they were going. They actually insulted God by saying, God, you're not great enough. Do you know when we stand in fear, what we're really saying is, God, we don't believe that you're great enough to fix this situation. I don't believe that you're able. Are we looking at things through a natural eyes or are we looking at it through a God's spirit? I remember one time I was saying, God, this is too hard. Has anybody said that? Wave at me if you said, oh, the situation's too hard. And it was balancing my world, right? It was the, I have three beautiful children, 22, 19, and 17, right? And it was balancing that, balancing my world. And I remember just whining and complaining like the people of Israel. And I said, it's too hard. And then God said, okay, I'll take it away. I was like, wait, no, 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 no. I, I just need you to teach me. And then he said, stand in faith. Stand in faith that what I've called you to, I will grace you for. Stand in faith. Stand in faith and do not complain. You might need to change strategies. You might need to do something different, but stand in faith and don't complain because that is unbelief that God is able to grace me for what he has called me to do. It's a perspective shift. I'm going to close with this. Matthew uh, Henry, one of his commentaries says this, and I think about it often, but unbelief overlooks the promises and power of God. And magnifies every danger and difficulty. Makes it bigger. And fills the heart with discouragement. Isn't that what happens? Our heart fills with discouragement. Unbelief leads to discouragement. We have a lot of discouraged Christians I find these days. And I feel like it's rooted in unbelief. That discouragement comes from not believing that God is able to to rise or pull you through or carry you. Or use what was meant to for evil, for great good. Then he says this, may the Lord help us to believe because then we will find that all things, all things are possible. If you just close your eyes with me, I want to pray for you this morning. I don't know where you are at this morning. I don't know what obstacle is in front of you, but I do know this. My God is able He is able to heal your marriage. He is able to heal your body. He is able to change that situation completely around. But as I was praying for you this week, I felt like there might be some people in this room or watching online with us that have maybe forgotten about some of God's promises. And maybe all you can see is the disappointments and all you can see is the weight or the hurt or the things that have happened. And you have forgotten God's good promises over your life. You have forgotten that moment that God spoke to you. Today, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to remember what are the promises that God has spoken over your life. Don't forget about them. Believe them. This is a moment. Maybe this this is for you. The other people I want to pray for this morning is ones that maybe you've been listening to the wrong voices. You've been listening to some negative Nancys, and I'm sorry if your name is Nancy. I don't mean this against you, but you've been listening to negativity 
and it's been surrounding your thoughts and your mindset, and there's a negative thing that has gotten a grip of you. And I think so many this last year need to shake off negativity, shake off negativity. And God wants to remind you of this puffer fish that greater is he. This is just a sign. All these giants are not meant to destroy you, but discourage you. But God is able. Maybe some of you need a shift in perspective this morning. Shift from thinking about all of the thorns. God wants you to shift to remember his greatness and all the roses that are there. The good things that God has for you and has done in your life. I also believe that God wants in this congregation to stir up some Caleb's. The Caleb spirit could be a 70-year-old in this room that says, I'm going to take my another mountain. There's another mountain I want to be part of. Maybe the Caleb spirit is in a, in a 15-year-old that wants to start their journey. But God's saying to you, come on, will you be a Caleb today? Will you have a Caleb spirit that no matter the challenge, the mountains ahead of us, that there is a faith that would rise in you when your pastors and stand up and present vision. There's a yes. There's an amen. There's I will stand with you. I will rise with you. There's a yes. When something happens in your life, you come up with a Caleb spirit like God is able. I want to pray for you this morning. If any of these areas that, that I've been sharing this morning, God's speaking to you or tapping on your heart and saying, respond. I want you to respond. Can you just lift your hand? If any of those areas, I want you to just lift your hand with me in this place. There's something that happens in this, this moment when we respond to God and we say, yes, God, I'm listening. I heard that. I heard that even you online, and we always say it to our congregation, raise your hand in your living room. Come on, respond. In this moment, there's a faith exchange. Would you be bold enough? I'd like to pray for you. If you have your hand, there's hands all over this room. If you have your hand up right now, could you just stand up? I want to be able to see you. I want to be able to pray for you because I think something's shifting. Come on, there's people all over this room. There's something shifting. Where there's been, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. There's going to be, we can, we can, we can because of God is able. Come on, if you're standing, I want you to lift your hand straight up to Jesus. I am believing for a supernatural shift, a shift in perspective, a shift in thinking, a shift in speech. I believe right now some of you got to change your language, change your language like Caleb from it's impossible, I don't see a way, till God can. God can. So right now, I, I stress my hand out. Come on, stretch your hand out to those who are standing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for a shift where there's been a heaviness, where there's been a discouragement in Jesus' name, that there would be a divine shift in the atmosphere over their life, over their mind, over their thinking, over their speech. And in Jesus' name, I pray a Caleb spirit would rise from radiant church. God, there would be something that begins to rise. God, that as you bless our household, you would bless this church. God, that there would be a both and. There would be a blessing on this house. There would be a blessing and an inheritance and a promised land. There would also be one for your family. God, I pray in Jesus' name for faith to rise, that a spirit of God would come upon this congregation, that God says, we want everything that you have called us to. I don't want to miss one thing because of my fear. I don't want to miss one thing because of my doubt. I don't want to miss one thing because of my complaining. God, you are able. So I pray for miracles. I pray for miracles in this house. 
I pray for miracles in people's households. I pray for miracles for this church. I pray for property for this church. I pray for a shift that you would open up the floodgates of heaven, God. But some, as we approach this miracle, as we approach this, God, let us be ones that are Caleb of spirit, God. Let us be the Caleb's of Kansas City, God, that we say, yes, we can. God, I want all the promises of God. So I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for what you're doing in your pastors and your leaders, God. Father, I thank you for the yes spirit, God. As we close today, God, I pray that the enemy would have no inroads into our mind, that we wouldn't wake up tomorrow with a no spirit or it's too hard. But something would literally shift in everything us, God, that says, yes, make me a Caleb that says, yes, we can because God can. So I just thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for what you're doing in each individual household, God. We thank you, Lord. And come on together. Can we say yes and amen? Come on. Can I hear all of us say yes and amen? Amen. God bless. God bless. Hey, thank you, Donna. Let's just give a hand to Donna. Thank you so much. What a great word. Let's all stand together. As Donna was speaking, she kept giving you this idea of a perspective shift. I was just wondering if maybe there's people in the room or online and you need a shift in your whole life. Like maybe you're at a place where you're living for yourself just doing, you're the Lord of your life. You just do whatever you want. But when you hear about these promises and you hear about maximizing the fullness of what God has for you, that's almost, that's a, that's a world you haven't lived in because you've been the one trying to accomplish that. Today you would go, I don't want to go my way. I want to make a, a life shift. I want to turn from going my direction and I want to follow Jesus. When we hear the good news of who Jesus is, it's what changes our lives. We say, I don't want to go my way. I want to, I want to go Jesus' way. So today, I want to give you the opportunity to, if, if you haven't made this decision to follow Jesus, before we go, this is critical. This is the beginning of the journey. And it's the best decision that you could ever make. And for those of us that have decided to follow Jesus, it's the one that we would say it changed everything. It's the, it's the shift that changed our lives. So the scripture says that for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die. He died on a cross and he died for you. He lived the life you couldn't live. And it's the shift of eternity. It changes everything when you give your life to Jesus. Say, you be the Lord of my life. And so today, if you want to make a decision and you say, I want to go, I want to follow Jesus. I want to just give you that chance. And just, this isn't all you say to God, but this is a great step in the right direction where you begin the journey. Just say this, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Change me. Make me a new person. I give you everything. I don't want to go my way, I go yours. I want to spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name.